0: from serenity lane alcohol and drug treatment centers a new podcast about rock bottoms moments of clarity and life after addiction this is voices of recovery i just didn't feel like i got the right script in life or i was missing how to be normal after that my
1: addiction had just completely took a spiral
2: i looked in that bathroom mirror and i had one God shot epiphanies, if you will. I literally saw these tombstones where my eyes used to be. And either I die, or I make it out of it, and I will have screwed everything up so bad by that point that I will have
1: to get help and somehow try to get sober.
3: Today is my one year sober anniversary, and I am doing a podcast, (laughs) and I'm very happy about it.
0: Welcome to Voices of Recovery. I'm your host, Jackie Danziger. Over the next few months, we'll be bringing you the stories of men and women who went through treatment for drug and alcohol addiction. Some are new in their recovery, and others have double-digit sobriety. We'll be back in January with the first official episode of the season, but in the meantime, we wanted to share a special holiday episode. It includes some of the tips and stories that came up during recent interviews. We just couldn't ignore the fact that nearly every conversation we had about recovery included some story about the holidays. In this first part of the episode, we visit a sober holiday party to ask people why that might be.
4: What are the holidays like? What
0: are the holidays like when you were using? What are the holidays like now? (laughs) I'm standing in a brightly lit room inside of a church. It's Friday night and the table behind me is filled with really tasty looking potluck dishes.
5: Can you describe where we are today? We are at a Serenity Lane alumni party. I was invited, I I go to outpatient, intensive outpatient right now, and I was invited here. That's why I'm here. And I just hope to meet a bunch of people.
0: I'm here at the Serenity Lane alumni party to get an idea of what a sober holiday sounds like. And I have to say, so far it's pretty festive. There's a live band on stage leading a sing-along, The room is filled with people of really all ages. There's a lot of young people here, some families with little kids, and Santa. Santa's here too. That's him walking around with vintage sleigh bells on his slippers. And every now and then, just in case you forget that he's Santa, he reminds you with a hearty. (laughs) And I have to say, people are really friendly and open at this party. One of the first women I met, I asked her to introduce herself and tell me a little bit about what she was going to do for the holidays this year. Uh,
5: My name is Reen and my sobriety date is 9-17-16. This is, I'm coming up, um, I have 84 days clean and sober. We're having sober holidays for the first time ever, so yeah, nobody's drinking that day. There's no alcohol allowed in the house. Is that unusual? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we've had some pretty, pretty bad holidays.
0: What do you feel like is going to be the biggest difference between your last
5: Christmas and this one? Uh, I can remember it.
0: <laughs> this past Thanksgiving was Reen's first holiday in recovery. I asked her if, based on that experience, she had any advice for people who are about to celebrate sober for their first time.
5: Um, it's scary. Uh, so, I mean, just being sober is kind of scary. Reach out to people. I'm here today just to reach out to people because there's strength in numbers and it's nice to have other people around you who are doing the same things.
0: For some, the holidays brought up a mix of bad memories and gratitude for a chance to do things differently.
4: I've been through Serenity Lane a couple times. Um, I've had a few Christmases and holidays uh, sober, but um, the last couple of years have been, I mean, some of the best that I've ever had with my family. Um, in the In the past, when I was using, the hardest part about the holidays was I mean, honestly, just trying to hide the fact that I was using. That's like that's what my focus would be. I, it wouldn't even be about the holiday anymore. It was just about, oh crap, I'm about to see my family. I'm about to be in the room with my uncles and aunts and grandpa. And how are, how am I going to be able to pull this thing off? So I, my focus wasn't at all on Christmas or any holiday. It was just on. Getting through that time, and, you know, there's that side of it, and then, but uh, you know, it was also important because I knew that I was gonna get, I knew I was gonna get some, you know, money or some sort of gift or something that I could, you know, turn around and sell, or which is terrible, but honestly, I mean, that's how it was. So, you know, ever since I've gotten clean, they trust me to come back in their house, and you know, I give them presents and things. Like, I could never afford to get them any presents ever, so it was like. You know, not, not as fun for me, but now um, I'm able to, you know, par- participate and partake and be part of the family. They um, must be really proud of you. I think so. I would hope so. <laughs>
0: I spoke with a man named Leaf, who's going to be spending his first Christmas sober with his kids in a long time. For him, there's a lot to be excited about.
2: Well, I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to being sober around my family and my kids, you know, and, and getting to remember everything. I think they're just actually looking forward to me being present. You know, yeah. I mean, I I smoked pot for years, so I mean, even when I wasn't using the things that that took me down, uh, I was never really sober. I guess I'm nervous about some of the the activities that might be happening, but I mean, for the most part, with me, my family's pretty uh, sober. So I mean, I don't have to worry as much as a lot of people do, but I mean, I know that a lot of the the activities and things that I I can go to with friends and whatnot, there may be triggers, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm... I got a good support group, and I, I plan on leaning on them. So, yeah.
0: Leaf shared some advice for people who are facing their first holidays sober.
2: Well, just just breathe and like use your use your tools. The to, you know like call your sponsor, call call your friends uh, that are in sobriety with you. Try not to do anything you did before.
0: <laughs> just think of what you did, do the opposite. <laughs> and to those who might still be out this holiday season, Leaf offered
2: this. Oh, um. Hopefully, you find your bottom safely. <laughs> you know, yeah.
0: For our next story, meet Todd and his friend Rollin.
1: My name is Todd. My name is Roland. Uh, we met in the IOP program at the Roseburg Serenity Lane.
3: So I remember him being wound up extremely tight and talking about his crippling anxiety, which was exactly where I had been a few weeks earlier. I remember
1: the first day in group that I got there, and I mentioned those words, crippling anxiety, and out of everybody's head in the room, Rollin's head snapped up, and and I knew there was somebody, a a kindred spirit, that we were both equally miserable, (laughs) weren't we? (laughs) Yeah.
0: We'll be featuring Todd and Rollins' full interview in a later episode, but here's some of what they had to share with us about holidays before and holidays after addiction.
1: I have memories of pictures of Todd at Christmas time this year, and you could tell by the look on his eye he was stoned. The next time he was methed out, and the next year he was drunk.
3: Well, my holidays before were fairly normal, and like I was more or less of a normal person. I do have pictures that I've seen recently of the three years... When I was drunk, uh, and there's just a horrible uh, vacant zombie look in my eye, and you know it's, it's it's really sad to see pictures of my kids climbing on me and I'm not there. The the memory I have was during that time is I would do the minimum I needed to do, and then I would have booze hidden uh, in the car or in the bookcase or at the last year everywhere. There were bottles everywhere just in case i needed to go around the corner in the laundry room or whatever Uh, since then i'm much more at ease during the holidays and i'm much more calm and i can kind of take it all in um and there's no pressure and even the in-laws that um, i really dislike i'm fairly tolerant of
1: like roland i would have been Setting myself up to use and reuse and keep my high peaked of whatever it was I happened to be doing at the time, and uh, believe it or not, I might not act rationally amongst people I'm supposed to care about (laughs) at the time (laughs) uh, under those conditions. It was, I had no knowledge of it, of course, but uh, and there was an awful lot of it I don't remember. Uh, For instance, years ago, I I generally put the Christmas tree up with my children, and uh, one year, I always wound up getting really loaded on whatever it was I was doing. One year, I found out the next day that I had been drinking enough to where I blacked out and was standing against the door with my head down, and my daughter was staring up in my face, yelling dad at me for I don't know how long. I don't have those days anymore. I, I get to witness every minute of the day. I can remember all the little mundane snippets like they were something special. I do have a tip that I learned from somebody here in IOP. Uh, there's a lot of family get-togethers and family that maybe you might not have a lot to do with, but you want to interact with them. A fellow here come up with the idea. He says, yeah, I write down their different names on a paper with a question to ask them. You know, and when we have more calmer times, times to ourselves, we get those ideas. He said he would write those down. He'd stick them in his pocket. You always make a trip to the restroom or something like that. Pull him out and see what Jim Bob over here might be doing about, you know, whatever came to your mind. And, and I've done that since
0: then. Uh, do you remember a question you've asked someone that gave you an interesting answer? Uh,
1: I, I found the general answers I wind up getting are... You know, it's funny how I still have all these expectations when I put out a question, especially when I take the time, because my ego is still so huge, I take the time to write this down. I also take the time to decide how I think they ought to answer it, and I I love how they don't answer it how I think they're going to. Uh, So uh, actually, each and every one is unique in the sense that they don't answer it right.
0: (laughs) Uh, In spite of that, are you still glad that you asked?
1: Oh, absolutely, because the idea of writing the paper out was being unsure and nervous and whatnot around folks you're not around all the time, and now you've got something concrete in your pocket, a real life question you can ask them about something you know is going on in their life.
4: When
3: I'm going to do an awkward situation with um, extended groups that I don't know or some in-laws that are troublesome, I just um, take the time to pray, and I and I kind of pray all day long if it's going to be a challenging day, because um, shaking hands and slapping backs is really not my kind of deal. I'm more um, introverted. But prayer is the answer for me for in these situations. Uh, in regards
1: to uh, holidays now, this year for Thanksgiving was, I want to call it my first real holiday. I met someone new quite some time ago now. Uh, we actually have a Place befitting to have a Thanksgiving dinner at our house and have family over, which is enormously huge, and it's 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 almost out of body. Uh, her parents came from out of state. My parents came. Even her ex-husband came. We invited him. He's also a friend of mine. You know, as far as those moments, like when I'd walk out to the vehicle and have those little moments of spirituality where I get to just kind of drink it all in, that whole day was like that, It'd just start to finish. It was just absolutely excellent just to be in my skin that day.
0: What did you guys make for for Thanksgiving.
1: Well, traditional stuff, of course, Uh, turkey, ham. uh, For some reason, people eat yams. I'm still confused on that.
0: (laughs) Me too. I can't figure that one out. Uh, I
1: I understand they're supposed to be there, and people do like them, and I have no feelings on that, really. But uh, it was standard fare. But uh, the place it was happening wasn't. It was wonderful. That wasn't standard fare for me. That was not a normal day, whatever normal is. The people that were there that I got to spend time with didn't fall under anything other than excellent. Uh, And uh, more than anything, I got to see it through these eyes. And, uh, And I'm so humbled, I don't really know how to describe it beyond that other than it was absolutely fantastic.
0: Next up, How to holiday sober? People in recovery sometimes call them tools, as in, remember your tools. In this story, we offer an assorted toolbox of common tips for getting through the holidays. Some pieces of advice came up again and again. (sighs) I always gotta have a plan B. One of the things I think most important is having basically an escape route. We always say to have an exit plan. A plan if something is going haywire for you and you need to get space. You take your own car if you need to leave if things get out of hand. Good escape plan. I've done it on foot before
5: <laughs> and that worked. I just had to get out of
2: there. The best thing to do is to pretend you're in a movie and then everybody there is just actors and they're just doing their thing but it's not real and it's got nothing to do with you. Have you that? Oh I do it all the time. Yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding.
0: Your sobriety is more important than anything else on, in the holidays. You can't have holidays if you're not sober, well you can but they won't be as pleasant. We'd like to close this episode with an interview we did with Wilma Hawkinson, the Family Programs Liaison at Serenity Lane. Wilma works with families of patients, and before that was a counselor working directly with patients. She also knows a thing or two about how recovery works. I asked Wilma why the holidays are specifically so difficult for addicts.
6: I think that the holidays are difficult because we're not good at intimate relationships. Um, addicts and alcoholics, we like to isolate. And the holidays bring kind of this expectation that you're there and present and happy. And people that are new in sobriety aren't always really happy. I mean, it. this is a process. Um, and people that are active in addiction, I mean, you there's again this expectation that Christmas or Thanksgiving or the New Year should be this one way. And for those of us that have struggled with addiction, the holidays bring up painful memories. They, you know, the holidays bring up reminders of Christmas's past that I or they weren't present for. I think that the holidays the holidays um Again, bring up this or or present with this expectation that Christmas has to be this way. It's very, very, very uncomfortable. Like to go home after I stole grandma's silver, you know, and have to go home at Christmas and face grandma, you know, a lot of us until we really begin to heal, walk around every day with that shame. Mm-hmm that there is something wrong with me. And so you think about going into a celebration, but I'm really feeling that I'm wrong, that there's something wrong with me. Because shame, you you continue to live with it
0: until you do the work. So what are some tools or pieces of advice for people who are going to have their first sober holiday this year?
6: My advice, if this is your first sober holiday, is make a plan. I think that it's really important because we're, we as addicts, alcoholics are really impulsive. And I think that it's important that I have a plan and maybe that I even take a buddy with me as another sober person um, that I'm accountable to somebody that when I get to mom and dad's, maybe it's an hour away that I call my sponsor that I ask mom and dad or whoever to please not have any, we're not going to toast with alcohol this year We're going to do sparkling cider or something. I think that really making a plan and even writing it down, actually, about, okay, so I'm going to go here and stay at mom and dad's for an hour, an hour and a half, and then I'm going to go to a meeting. You know, have your sober support, have those numbers in your telephone. And I can remember one patient that had a code word that like when they felt like they were triggered or something, and I think it was like pineapple or Something like that. And I think that that's a cool way to, you know, involve mom and dad or the family members. Like, when I'm really getting triggered or when I'm really uncomfortable or when I see so-and-so who actually used to abuse
0: me and I say pineapple, I want to go. Is it important when you're making a plan? Because I've heard that now a couple of times. Do you communicate that plan to your family ahead of time? Is that an important element?
6: I think that it is absolutely important because they can begin to hold you accountable. You know, we're, um, we're funny creatures as addicts, alcoholics, and I can say because I want to do something differently or that I'm just so uncomfortable, I'll take myself out of a celebration because it's too much. Well, the truth is that's part of the healing is sitting with being uncomfortable. I think that letting family members know the plan, telling your sponsor, making the plan with your sponsor or another sober support, because we don't don't like to be accountable. It's like nobody's business what I'm doing. Well, the truth is, is that that's the stuff that gets me drunk. say to someone that might have not been able to stay sober through the holidays and possibly caused a little bit more wreckage what I say is today's a new day that I love you that sobriety is possible please go to a meeting I would like to say forgive yourself but I know that that is a little ridiculous at this point you know there's nothing that can't be healed i think that you like i was just going to use the word there's nothing that can't be undone but that's not the truth this is not about undoing what happened this is about being honest about what happened owning where you're at and taking little baby steps forward go to a meeting and say i have you know two hours sober and i need to meet with somebody after with for coffee start with where you are start with where you are This is a disease. This is a chronic, potentially deadly disease. You are not broken. You have the disease of addiction. And sobriety is possible.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this holiday edition of Voices of Recovery. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast, Voices of Recovery, or like us on Facebook. And if you think that you or a loved one may have a problem with addiction, contact Serenity Lane, offering detox, residential, and outpatient services for drug and alcohol addiction. Serenity Lane can help. Learn more at serenitylane.org. We'll be back with more stories in a few weeks. But in the meantime, we hope you have a happy and safe holiday season. Voices of Recovery was created by Monique and Jackie Danziger and produced by Sarandi Lane Drug and Alcohol Treatment Centers. Our intro theme music was created by Sammy Gallo. This episode was recorded and edited by Jackie Danziger. That's me. Writing and production assistance by Monique Danziger. Thank you to Zoila Perry, Angie Delaplane, and everyone at Sarandi Lane who helped coordinate the interviews and make the show happen. Thank you to everyone who spoke to us and shared their stories, including Rean, Carson, Leaf, Todd, Rollin, Nanette, Wilma Hawkinson, and the guests from the Coburg and Lake Oswego holiday parties who were all featured in today's episode. Thank you very much.